The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Welcome into the December 17th, early morning-ish edition of the PFF Forecast. We're going to head on to week 16, just a couple of weeks left, but a nice full slate. So, let's rock. Eric, uh, how is life over there in Cincinnati? Good man. It rained this weekend, um, but that just may, it meant I could sit in on Saturday and watch college football slash NFL. Uh, so yeah, not much to complain about. Uh, you know, the rain does sound nice. I gotta say, um, 75 degrees and sunny though, slightly better, uh, which is what we had out here in Los Angeles for Rams and, uh, and Eagles Watching that game was hilarious because obviously Nick Foles coming in for Carson Wentz and everyone still thinks it's going to be a blowout, but there's a little, there's a little, well, you know, they were bad with Carson in there. Maybe this turns it around. Jared Goff could be terrible. And sure enough, he was. Um, Any big takeaways from that game? Yes. So one of the things we talked about last week was there are going to be teams that are highly regarded that, you know, a month from now, we're all going to laugh about how we were talking about them as Super Bowl possibilities. Dallas being that team, I thought, you know, and and they go and get shut out. There is probably going to be a team right now that we are all writing off that will make a run, you know, but Philadelphia was that team last season. I think Denver was in 2015. Um, do the Rams fall into that category, George? I have to think so at this point. I, I thought my whole thing this entire season has been, I believe, in Sean McVay's system to make Jared Goff a better iteration of himself. And that had been true for 11 weeks of the season. And now it, it, I think it's a combination of we've seen that that may not be the case all the time. And they've probably faced the two teams that can maybe give them the biggest issue because they have front fours that can sort of dominate. And the Rams pass protection is not that great on its own. It's great when the play action fake is actually working and the other team isn't worried about it or is worried about, um, you know, the, the action that they're seeing up front. In the last two weeks, we've seen the Rams face the Eagles and the bears who just have not cared at all about, the play action fake and none of that has worked. And so Goff has been in these situations where he's got happy feet in the pocket and look, he had a 78 rating from a clean pocket, 40 rating under pressure. Um, it, it was a really bad performance. He was two for seven on throws, 10 plus yards downfield until the last couple of drives of the game. You're not going to win a lot of games like that. Absolutely. And, and so the issue then becomes when you know, because, you know, oftentimes we write off these teams. They're teams that by virtue of how well they've played the first 12 weeks of the season, they get a bye, right? Eagles had a bye last year. They actually had home field. Uh, the Rams, unless something catastrophic happens the last two weeks, will probably get a first round bye this, this um, you know, going into the playoffs. Is that going to be enough for uh, a coach like Peterson last year it was, um, a coach like McVay? Is that going to be enough? to sort of elevate, 
you know, to, to, you know, make adjustments, elevate the play of, of players that are playing weaker, uh, you know, and move, uh, you know, sort of this, this team forward come January. I'm a little skeptical just because Jared Goff has not played well, but, you know, he's basically, you know, similar to Nick Bowles in that sense. So anything can happen really. This is probably why the Rams at three to one or three and a half to one were not a great Super Bowl bet. And even though I love the Rams, you know, five weeks ago, I still love the Rams, but that's the reason they were not a good Super Bowl. Yeah. We kept saying it every single week. We kept, you know, all of our videos were, you know, there's some value on, Kansas City, New England, that kind of looks laughable right now, but uh, New Orleans, but there isn't value on the Rams because they are just simply too, you know, they're, they're, the the payoff is too short. Yeah, the quarterback position is a little bit of a question mark. Okay, let's get into it with this then. If you have to take one team right now to win the Super Bowl, who are you taking? I think it's New Orleans. Um I, th- I don't think it's particularly close, although we've seen New Orleans not play particularly well in the last, you know, basically, you know, three halves of the last two games kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I think New Orleans, both statistically and just like from me seeing the whole thing play out, they're probably going to get home field now. Uh, and that's going to be really tough for the rest of the NFC to contend with. Uh, and then the AFC, I think. Or you, you get know, one team. The, you get one team. That's the. That's the. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just saying. I don't think the AFC. I don't think you favor anybody in the AFC over New Orleans in the Super Bowl. Okay. I, I going into today, I or going into this week, I would have said the Chiefs because I thought the Rams and the Saints kind of cannibalized each other's chances to a certain degree because both teams were so good. I think the Rams can win in New Orleans. They almost did, even though New Orleans got off to such a hot start. I, I'm, to be different, I'm still going to go with the Chiefs, just because I think the AFC is a little bit uh, weaker in terms of the second best team. I, don't, I haven't seen anything that I really like from... <laughs> I think the Chiefs are getting a lot of their... A lot of a lot of their losses out of their system. And if, if, that's, if there's anything to that, I think they're losing really close games and, and they're learning from them. Uh, you know, <laughs> that, that would be my chiefs oh fan, my like uh, non analytics, like hopeful, uh, you know, uh, thought you, into that. But you just cited knows? the eye test for new Orleans and then getting losses out of the system. If we're, if we were playing yeah, bingo were, right now, the eye test for the saints. Yeah, you did from what I've seen, you know, uh, so eye test and getting losses out of the system. Going to make sure that I keep those in mind. They're also both the two most likely given our model. But yeah, that, <laughs> I'm trying to build a narrative when I, you know, at nine o'clock in the morning. Not a morning person. Neither am I. But uh, it's six o'clock for me. So theoretically, I'm doing more with less at the moment, um, which is uh, not going to say much because we're going to move into week 16, where if you've been doing more with less so far, that means you're probably out of the playoff hunt. There are a fair number of teams that are still in it, though. It's probably going to set up actually a Week 17 situation with maybe two or three meaningful games. Tennessee Indy uh, could be one of them. And so we'll start with the Redskins at the Titans Saturday. Uh, the Redskins won last week, <laughs> or won yesterday, and they are uh, a 10-point dog in Tennessee. The, the Jacksonville Jaguars scored the most points offensively and total of any team this past week that drafted a running back in the top five uh, with six and 13, respectively. 
uh, Zeke's Cowboys and uh, Saquon's Giants were both shut out. Um, so nonetheless, Washington with Josh Johnson was able to beat them uh, on the road. They go on the road here again against Tennessee. Obviously, both teams have something to play for. They're both alive uh, in their respective playoff races. Uh, I don't know, man. I think 10's a lot. I think 10's too steep here. I can't imagine taking the Titans minus 10 it, it, against anyone, really. Bama? I, I, <laughs> yeah, I would take minus 10 against Bama. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Titans and the Colts are tied at 8-6 and six right now, right? So this is setting up they can you know, both win a, a important AFC South matchup in Week 17. But with the Redskins, like, they've got to feel, hey, you know, we're playing with house money. They're just going to they're probably just going to throw out the kitchen sink. They should and just try a bunch of stuff and see if it works. So I'm with you. I think 10 is probably too steep. I think it probably comes down to maybe nine and a half or something like that. Um, just because the Titans. I mean, come on. There were there was significant Jacksonville money this week, apparently. So that number started at seven and it moved out to seven and a half. And I, can you imagine just, can you imagine looking at a game and seeing Cody Kessler and saying, I'm going to lay more than a touchdown. I, I can't. That's what I was saying all week. I was like, there's just no way um, that I can't. There's no way that I can possibly, possibly in any shape or form take uh, that Jaguars offense to outscore anybody. Uh, next game, Ravens-Chargers. This is probably one of the best games of the week, if not the best game of the week. Um, this char- uh, Sorry, this Ravens offense Super interesting with Lamar Jackson. They they now have a totally different identity. They're running with the quarterback, which, as we know, is the form of running that is most lucrative. It's actually positive EPA when you do so, and they are doing so. Ravens are getting four and a half in Los Angeles, um, which probably is a, a, a fakeish home game for the Ravens. Uh, but the Chargers are hot. Yeah, and unlike unlike some of the previous weeks, Jackson's of Jackson's ninety five yards on the ground against uh, Tampa Bay, uh, forty eight, so more than half uh, were on scrambles. So they were actually like trying to pass the ball, uh, and he was you know making plays uh, with his legs in those in, uh, you know those sort of unstructured type of plays. But you know he did he did you know with uh, design runs as well. Uh, you know do pretty pretty well. Gus Edwards another hundred yard game on the ground. He kind of salted that game away. Um, it'll be interesting to see because I think, you know, you look at the chargers they were had a little bit on Thursday night by the generational pair that was Damian and Daryl Williams of the, the Kansas City Chiefs. So it'll be interesting to see if they, you know, if their defense and all that talent is neutralized by, you know, sort of this, uh, off script offense, uh, with Baltimore. Yeah. But the Ravens have <laughs> Gus Edwards. So it's sort of a generational talent off former first oh. pick Gus Edwards. I mean, here's the thing. Lamar Jackson threw the ball 23 times, completed 14 of them. Uh, he was 10 for 16 when clean, uh, so not totally terrible, but 5.9 yards per attempt. You've got to imagine that teams are, are going to dare, you know, they're going to do everything they can to make him have to beat him downfield, you know. Um, yeah. So. The question becomes then is, is, so this is an interesting one because I think this number is probably right. Um, You look at Baltimore is, you know, it's a short week for Baltimore, you know, going Sunday to Saturday. 
and it's a long rest for the Chargers going from Thursday to Saturday. Chargers are at home, but then you could also think about the letdown after having won a big game in Kansas City for the first time in like five years. Uh, so, you know, it, it's just an interesting one to me. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to just watching the game. I'm not sure we'll have a pick on it uh, or there will be any value on either side. Yeah, I think at four and a half, uh, th- that seems fairly, fairly efficient to me. If it were three, three and a half, I think I would, I think the Chargers would be the right pick. Uh, just from, look, they're the better, the far better quarterback. And if the Ravens were able to score 20 points at home against the Bucks. That worries me a little bit. Um, yeah, I think I could see maybe a, a defensive score for the Chargers, something like that. I just think it's going to be tough for Lamar Jackson to beat another good quarterback. Okay, moving onward, the aforementioned Tampa Bay Bucks go into Dallas. Cowboys, after one heck of a performance, <laughs> just an impressive performance by the Cowboys, are seven-point favorites at home against Jameis Winston. Thoughts? <laughs> I think seven's too many, man. Couldn't agree more. I thought so. To be fair, I thought seven and a half was a few too many for the Ravens, um, and that you know they obviously ended up winning by eight. But uh, seven does seem like too much for the Cowboys. I know it's you know they're coming off of this embarrassing loss. They're probably going to you know play pretty hard with the Eagles winning uh, and with the Redskins winning. They're you know, is now a little added urgency here uh, for the for the Cowboys, but I, I don't know, man. If, if Jameis Winston is just decent, he's as good, if not better, a quarterback than Dak Prescott is. And the weapons for Tampa Bay, I think, are better than the weapons for Dallas. I mean, Zeke is a Zeke's a player, but you know, we've we've seen that if their offense doesn't get going. Uh, he's not much. We saw the blueprint for shutting down Dallas, which is to double team Amari Cooper. Basically, every play, Indianapolis's defense is not the type of defense I would, you know, put as a shutout caliber defense, and they still did it. Um, so I think this game matches up as, as you said. I think when Jameis Winston's on his game, I don't think any team should be a seven-point favorite against them. Uh, this is inside, so you know we generally see Tampa Bay in bad weather, um, but this one's you know, going to be fine for them. So I think that their offense puts up, I think their offense plays extremely well here. And, you know, it, it's a, not a high total game. So I think seven is just too much. Jameis Winston playing well inside. I thought I could come up with some sort of joke. No, there, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> probably impossible. Mari Cooper just had eight yards after the catch against the Colts. Dak 0 for 3 on the deep balls. This is something we talked about. People were edging all over themselves because, Amari, you know, the, the deep ball was back in Dallas. It's like, okay, let's cool the Jets a little bit. Um, you know, that you been... were like third on the, the Eagles depth chart at corner last week. So there's also that. Hey, those, some of those Eagles corners played well this week. Um, but th- that game for Dallas was just a disaster. They continually shot themselves in the foot with penalties. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. There's no way that I'm, I'm taking a, a Dallas offense to cover seven points. All right. Bills, Patriots, Patriots at home. Patriots are minus 13 plus 100. So it's probably going to, uh, probably going up a little bit from here. So at minus 13, assuming this goes to maybe 13 and a half, 14, maybe 14 and a half Patriots after an inspired performance, scoring 10 points in Pittsburgh. 
which side are you on here? Can we pause for one second? The Buffalo alternate reds are a top five uniform in the NFL. Wow. What else is up there? Chargers, powder blues. The Houston alternate reds. Okay. I think I would go bills over the Houston alternate reds. Um, yeah, the, the, the Chargers powder blue. Chargers powder blue are certainly up there. I would say the Niners. Rams throwbacks that they wore last night. The Ram, yeah, those Rams throwbacks are sweet. That should I, be those should be their uniforms. I don't. This isn't difficult. It's not a hard choice to make. I think the Niners, uh, Reds are pretty classic. Um, the Niners throwbacks of the '94 though, the whites with the shadow under the the numbers. Also great. Also great. Um, yeah, they're not a ton of jerseys that I love. I like the Saints all blacks. I think those Ra- Raiders are class. Raiders are a classic. Packers are a classic. Yeah, I can't stand the Packers uniforms, to be honest with you. Okay. Uh, the the worst uniforms are the Browns uniforms, and that is not the Browns uniforms and the current Seahawks uniforms. The old school Seahawks uniforms may are be nice. one of the coolest ones out there. That that may be my well, top five. Here, the the uniforms that are the worst. I agree with those ones that are, that they're bad. The uniforms that are the worst are the ones that try too hard. And so the Tennessee Titans are 32 with a bullet. Oh, my God. Those are so They're terrible. Every single permutation of that uniform is bad. Those are the, that uniform is what I expect a, a, an eight-year-old that's having a party at, like, one of those, uh, like, you know, color your own pot places. You know, like, here's a blank clay pot. Me and all my friends are going to color it. That's the type of design that ends up on the Titans uniforms from, you know, it's just, I I can't understand how this was made professionally and thought to be okay. Anyways, um, Patriots over the Bills, 13 points. Would you take the Patriots minus 13 right now? I don't know, man, because like the Patriots seem to be busting all of the the popular things about them, right? Because if I'm looking at the Patriots having lost two consecutive road games, there's got to be a great, I, great stat about the great trend zone. Yeah, yeah, but they're all stupid because you know they're deep. They don't have a deep threat on their team. They don't, you know, Brady isn't playing well. Their defense is okay. Their defense kept them in the game yesterday. So the thing about Buffalo that has been like their reason for they didn't cover on Sunday, but they won. Um, is Josh Allen like with his legs? you know, is, has been dynamic and he's been okay ish as a passer. My thing is, is Belichick's probably smart enough to take all of that away. Um, but can New England score enough points? Josh Buffalo's Gordon, defense is good. Josh Gordon had two targets, one, one catch, one drop against the vaunted Pittsburgh secondary. Hardy Burns. Yeah. Come on. You got to do a little better than that. Maybe, uh, I mean, you take away that like sixty-five yard touchdown on the first play of the game, and it's like New England did nothing offensively. An absolute disaster. Yeah, Gronk. You need more five. James White. They, they really do. Gronk two for five, not great. Edelman seven for eleven, but just ninety yards. Uh, had a drop as well. Yeah, I mean you've got to you've got to imagine the Patriots rebound here, but thirteen is a lot. So here's what I would do. I would probably wait till this uh, goes up a little bit, till all the data points about the. The Patriots coming off of two straight losses, playing at home. What their record is? ATS is probably like you know, one zero and one. One, yeah, two and two and zero. Oh. 
Yeah, 100% though. Um, that's probably what I would do. Okay, let's uh, cruise through a couple of the games that suck. Jaguars, Dolphins, Dolphins minus five real quick. Which side would you go on? Neither. Cool. Uh, I think, yes, I would do the same. If I had to, I would take the Dolphins because Cody Kessler. Uh, Colts minus nine at home against the New York Giants. This is clearly a further reaction to what they did on Sunday. People love the Colts, man. People love to overreact to the Giants, and people have overreacted to the Colts all season. I don't necessarily. I don't think that. I think the Giants could cover this. I don't see them winning. Um, well, and I actually don't want them to win because we have the under seven that could hit this week if they lose. Yeah. Um, nine, nine so I'm like wishful thinking. Nine does feel like too much, and this is um, the the tough thing though is that the Giants should try and lose this game, and the Colts need to win this game. Um, so there's always the potential for a vintage. Do you, how, how, how happy are you that this is not Sunday night football? Because you, can you imagine how many, how much prep you would have to do on the rookie matchup between Saquantosaurus Rex and Darius Leonard? I'm thankful. I'm very thankful. Uh, the Sunday night matchup is good. Actually, I'm excited to talk about that one. Uh, and, and NFC North, Rumble in Detroit. Vikings are five and a half point favorites on the road. This does not spell disaster in any way, shape, or form for your Vikings. I think this has moved from four and a half to five and a half. Uh, <laughs> a few people messaged me about like, how do you think the Vikings do today? I'm like, they'll roll, but that'll mean that just means you're, they're going to get your hopes up and they'll lose the last two games. Um, this has always been a tough spot for Minnesota since, you know, for the last like five years or so. I'm, I would say neither in here in this case. Yeah. I, it's tough because uh, the Vikings should not be favored by five I mean, and a half on the road. But there's no way you're rooting for Detroit. Come on. Yeah, I, no, absolutely not. Um, so I guess stay away. Uh, if I, if I were, I will say this. If I were trying to pick the spread of this game, I would have probably said the Vikings getting, you know, four points, maybe three and a half on the road. But who am I? Uh, so I would say I would say this probably moves um, moves down a little bit. Packers, Jets, another terrible game. Jets are uh, two-point home dogs. Yeah, I've moved down from three here, so there's clearly been some – Nice reaction to Sam Darnold being a good rookie quarterback on Saturday night against Houston. Green Bay, we backed them again. They could not get us through the back door again. Uh, disgraceful. Really disgraceful. I can't can't believe that. I mean, how do you how does an offense with Aaron Rodgers score one touchdown the entire game? Is my question. I, I don't know. I I, uh, I watched that game parts parts of that game too. Um because they kept showing it on red zone and Trubisky played well. We had to, we had to, we had to eat some L's yesterday. Yeah, he did play well. And I don't know what, I don't know what the deal with Aaron Rodgers is. I thought maybe getting rid of Mike, Mike McCarthy would, would help them out a little bit. But I guess yeah, not. I think we're, I think his replacement is just, I mean, Philbin, there's a reason that the Dolphins stunk so bad when he was that coach. I, I don't know. I, 
Aaron Rodgers is going to be an interesting test case this offseason, seeing how we try to like handicap them going in, into next year, because I think we're going to probably be low on them. Um, but I don't know. Aaron Rodgers could always, because he was down in the dumps in 15 and 16 and popped back up. So who knows? I, I do wonder if there was something, maybe there's something to the injury that he had. I don't know. That's, that seems like a cop out. He, you know, is probably not quite as bad as Joe Flacco, but certainly not playing at a top five level this season. He was one for nine on throws 20 or more yards downfield. That's not very good. Uh, below 70 pass rating from a clean pocket. Also not very good for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so there's no way that I'm taking the Packers as a road favorite. There's no way I'm taking the Jets after a victory. <laughs> and, and there's just no way. Uh, Browns. Can we, we pause for one second? The Jets over six wins was a great pick. It just didn't work. I mean, there's still two weeks left. Yeah, right. So they could get a push, but they should beat Tennessee. They should have beaten Houston. Like they're a team. I don't know. It, I feel every time I watch them play, I get irritated that they didn't come through for us. Yes, it, it, that was a great pick. Packers under would have also been a great pick. Bengals yes. Browns. This is a really terrible game. The Browns are six and a half point favorites at home. Who thought who would have ever thought that the Browns would be nearly a touchdown favorite at home? Yeah, well, Cincinnati finally got us over five and a half wins, so I don't care about them anymore. Um, six and a half here does feel a little high. However, I think if you take if you look at two teams that are both sort of out of the playoff race, um, the team at home that is like surging and like has something like not real but real to play for, I think you back them. You know, in this spot, right? Yes, I also think the Bengals having. This is probably seven and a half if the Bengals don't have a blowout victory on Sunday. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, well, and it wasn't even that big of a blowout. It was just that you know they kind of got away from the at the very end. But you're right. You're absolutely right. Right, and, and they beat a terrible team. Uh, the Browns are six and a half, but minus one fifteen. So maybe I'm right. Maybe it does move to seven. At six and a half, I I think the Browns are the right side to be on. Niners. Getting three and a half at home against the Bears. This this seems like a nice opportunity to take the Niners, who have just spit in my face continuously and won one games that they shouldn't have. It's it's just brutal. It hurts so bad. How long does Nick Mullins get to play in the league after after this like this stretch? He's he's Matt Moore. Oh, that's a good comparison. I. I mean, he's got the question is how many people try to make it a quarterback controversy in San Francisco? How many people write the column next year? Nick Mullins deserves the chance to compete for the starting job in San Francisco. No one's more deserving than Nick Mullins right now. I, I can already see it. The comparison. I mean, we had the comparison between Kaepernick and Jimmy G's, uh, passer rating that that's certainly going to come up here. Uh, People are going to write As off. It should. You know, you got to throw out the records when you're talking about these guys. So, I don't know. It's certainly going to happen. The simple fact that the Niners seem to refuse to actually lose games, which they need to be doing, um, is why I think the Niners are the right side. Interesting. Yeah. I, 
I don't know, man. How long, how long do they, it's a three, three and a half. Who's a, are Mitch Trubisky and Nick Mullins in the same confidence interval? Yeah. People, people are going to love that Trubisky played well. And, you know, he's had what, three good games this season. So I'm going to take a reversion to his mean as, as being something that will happen. Yeah. I got to think that I got to think that eventually San Francisco's defense and their personnel deficiencies crack, but I don't know if Trubisky is the one to, to be pushing it down when it does. Yeah, I agree with you there. So three and a half, though, again, three and a half now is at uh, minus 115. So maybe that comes down to three. Um, I like the hook there, though. All right. This is a good game. Chiefs, Seahawks. The Seahawks uh, at home are getting two and a half points against the Chiefs. The over-under is at 54, which is higher than I thought it would be, actually. Um, So... uh, Thoughts on your Chiefs? Are they going to get another good loss here? Is that what's going to happen? Are they going to learn more from this loss to the Seahawks? Listen, we need we need we need things in the training data, George. Okay, so um, yeah, I, I mean this is a big one. I I would have as a Chiefs fan, I would have preferred Seattle win uh, against San Francisco and have this game mean less to the Seahawks. Um, but it certainly now means a lot to both teams. Uh, with Seattle trying to secure the five seed and 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 everything that that entails, um, but Kansas City going to be off rest, be a you know big you know, night game. Uh, probably going to be some weather in Seattle. I, I'm a little nervous here. I think when we talked about this game last week, we said the line would be something like two and a half. It has ended up there. So I don't know. I I would probably lay the points with Kansas City here, thinking that they rebound with a long rest and Seattle. I watched that entire Seattle San Francisco game. Seattle just doesn't know how to play football. That's honest. I, that they, is the, that is the tough part because the Seahawks at home as an underdog with Russell Wilson is the right side to be on. I'm just going to say that right now. Uh, that we've seen we've seen countless teams that are great come into Seattle in a night game in prime time. It is it is a tough place to play. Like that is very real, um, and and this is you know so this is saying the Chiefs are six six and a half points better than the Seahawks. I don't necessarily know that that's true if the Seahawks play the way they should, but I'm not sure that will happen. That's that's what worries me. They're just going to come out there and pound the ball into the ground. I don't think you beat the Chiefs that way. No, and. The problem is, is they're so committed to it, right? They're so committed to run, run, pass, punt, that it just, like, they, they require Russell Wilson to make the, like, the throw he made to McKissick on that in the overtime was one of the better throws in the rain, down the sideline, perfectly thrown. And then, of course, there's a holding penalty. And since it's third and forever, you have no margin of error, right? If that throws on first and 10, when most good teams throw the football, like, th- there's not a problem. But it is a problem when it's, you know, it is a problem when it's uh, uh, when it ends up being, you know, on third and forever. And and I don't think their defense is very good personnel wise. Nick Mullins missed a lot of throws. Uh, I just don't think Mahomes does. I think you know, getting Sammy Watkins probably possibly back uh, and then getting, uh, you know, some you know health uh, up front with Cameron Irving and things like that. I do think the Chiefs will go into that game a little bit healthier offensively and we'll see the results kind of fall in, in place. You have now cited 
uh, Sammy Watkins and Cam Irving coming back. Boom. Uh, as as reason to like the Chiefs, you are you're checking all the boxes for fan bingo here. I love it. Uh, he's going to be so disappointed in me as growing up a Vikings fan. Now that I'm going to wear a Chiefs uh, shirt during Sunday Night Football at Christmas, so <laughs> you know, I'm just I'm just preparing everybody. You can do you can film one of those really great commercials where the the entire family wears a Chiefs. Um, you know, sweater or whatever, and then the one dorky guy shows up in a Raiders, a Raiders sweater, and they all look at him weird. You'll be that guy. It'll be fun for you. Um, I, yeah, I still think Seattle getting the points at home is the right move. Th- though that would nothing would terrify me more than betting against Patrick Mahomes. Nothing, even Deshaun Watson, even betting against Deshaun Watson, betting against Pat Mahomes would be just utterly terrible. I can only imagine uh, the Monday night game. Okay, let me ask you this, though. If this line moves, which way does it move? So Monday night. No, no, Kansas City, Seattle. Oh, uh, yikes. I think it moves out to Kansas City. I think Kansas City is – I don't know, though. People people are going to look at Kansas City's run defense and be like, oh, Seattle's going to run all, all over them. But I don't – like, what's the value in going from two and a half to two? Not, not nothing. I'm just wondering if it gets out to Seahawks plus three. I think that that's obviously more possible than it getting to two. But I, I also don't think people high. People are going to overreact to the fact that Kansas City is, you know, defense is poor. Kendall Fuller's out. All that kind of stuff. I think we might see some three, but I think it'll be the of the minus 120 variety uh, of you know plus three being minus 120. Okay. All right. Uh, I think that makes sense. Raiders, Broncos, this game sucks. Uh, real quick, Raiders are two-point underdogs at home. Which side you taking? I'm taking Denver because Denver cares, even though they shouldn't. Um, and Oakland, just, I mean, I don't know. Oakland's bad, and, and I think that they mean to be. So... Uh, I think Denver, I think it's going to mean something to Vance Joseph to be like eight and eight or something like that. So uh, they'll probably try their best. Uh, whereas I did, you know, and then the other thing is Oakland just doesn't look good by any of our metrics or anything. Right. You so you don't think the Raiders are going to try their best? No. <laughs> <laughs> like I can just no. see, I can, the, the Von Miller, uh, Derek Carr matchup is everything that I could possibly want if I'm trying to root or trying to bet against Derek Carr. So I have Vaughn Miller. Vance Joseph. Vance Joseph is going to analytics his way with air quotations into going for every fourth down. He's going to never punt. He's going to onside kick like twice. He's going to like, he's going to take, he took all that criticism on Saturday night for kicking a field goal down four with like four minutes left. That he's gonna be like, fine. I'm gonna, give, you know, he, he's, uh, you know what I'm saying? And like, in a weird way, that's probably gonna lean to more positive variance on Denver's side. One would hope, or he's gonna be steadfast in his ways. That was like a borderline fireable uh, decision on the tarmac. I mean, well, I guess it was at home, but just, just horrible. This is why. This is why offensive coaches. You need to hire an offensive coach to be your head coach unless you have like supreme faith in the defensive guy that you're hiring to make decisions with an offensive mindset because 
this is like just a simple error in basic math, right? Like four minus three. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, mind-blowingly terrible. Just awful. Um, you can't. You just can't hire people that that uh, can't add. I guess. Maybe well, that's maybe, maybe that's a little rude. You can't hire people that can't understand how offensive football works to make huge the, decisions like that. How 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 relieved were you when uh, Jabril Peppers got that sack on that fourth down? Because you know, like honestly, people aren't. Oh yeah, he trusts his defense, and they came through. Brilliant. <laughs> it's like, yeah, the plan was to give up an eighty-yard run to Nick Chubb, and then to have. And then to get drawn off sides, but have the other coach call a timeout while it was happening and then get stuffed on a fourth down and then asking them to go 50 yards for a field goal, you know, really a coaching masterclass. I, I hope that Ravens uh, Browns ends up being the Sunday night game on, uh, on week 17. That would be, that'd be tremendous for me. Um, Broncos. I think, yeah, I think the Broncos are probably the right side here though. I hope uh, to not watch. Actually, no. I'll watch this game because it's Tess Witt and Bug. Tess Witt and Bug on making Eve. what? Let's I, see if we can. Let's see if we can witify this. So Tess Witt and Bug making lem, lemons out of lemonade. Ooh, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I am hoping for Bug to dress up as the Grinch for Christmas on his little buggy. So he can, you know, he can have like the, the buggy decorated as a little sleigh. He can, he can get the Grinchy, Grinchy smile going. Um, I bet the Grinch had some messed up fingers too. So Jeez. I'm all for it. All right. That's week 16, man. Week 16. Incredible. Uh, check back in on Thursday. We will actually uh, run through the games with a little more of an understanding of where our number sits. But in the meantime, obviously head to mybookie.ag, put some bets down right now, and head to profootballfocus.com for all of the Week 15 recap. Eric, I will see you uh, in a few hours. Peace.